0: Uh, this is an experiment, I'm going to be sort of almost interviewing myself slash talking about my work as an artist, um, just like what art means to me, why I'm an artist, um, and a lot of the kinds of questions and that I ask people who come onto the show. So this is new. I'm, I'm excited. I have a live interview tonight, which is why I'm, I'm doing this little, little test here, and then I figured if it goes well enough, we'll just let it out there and be a week in of itself. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Archives for Aliens, a podcast recorded for future life on Earth, planet Earth, consciousness, creativity, the nature of reality, cool people making things, and life outside the box. What makes you tick? Oh, my. (laughs) Wow. All right. So, there are a set of figures... Uh, All staring directly at me. Uh, They look like they're going to say hello. They look friendly, but I'm very intimidated. Uh, And there's also a very large, some kind of an animal uh, behind this group of people. And it's also staring directly at me. And it has a very large set of of antlers or some something growing out of its head so this reminds me of i yeah, this reminds me of my least favorite part of being an artist, which is just having people's attention on me it which is a strange thing i makes me a little bit makes me pretty uncomfortable actually more than a little bit Uh, but what's interesting is that have people's attention on my art I love that that makes me super happy and feels like that's my purpose in transmuting these messages out into society or the collective or the community i think that that's my my ultimate purpose as an artist and one of my one of my really important intentions and life goals but it is strange because it's like how how do you promote your art or get your art out there without you getting yourself out there. Um, and I'm not even sure if that's the right question to be asking. Because maybe it's more like, how do I get more comfortable with both of those things? Me and the art uh, becoming more seen. That's uh, is one of the reasons I started this podcast is to work on my my communication of who I am as a human and as a person, um, and, like, telling a little bit more about who I am and some of the things that are important to me, to the world, um, yeah. And just talking about the things that I care about, um, I guess... I guess that it does help people understand where I'm coming from when I make these things, but I also would like to believe that the creations have a voice that's strong enough to be heard without me um, in the background of them. So that's an interesting conundrum. Anyway, where should we get started here? I think I'm going to tell everybody about Well, the first thing most people ask is, well, how did you how did you become an artist? And it's Yeah, that's a weird question because if I look back in my life, More importantly than being an artist, I think, I've always been doing this work, and the work that I'm talking about is the work to understand and answer a certain set of questions, uh, which I've been doing my whole life. Um, I remember and I'll tell you a little bit more about what some of the questions are. I remember being I don't know, maybe 5, really small kid and being fascinated by the stars and trying to understand what what was out there and get a grasp on this idea that we're in the solar system, but like we don't know where where space goes and like how are we connected? the galaxies like what what essentially what is the human's role in this this life that we found ourselves in so you know like the, the big questions um what happens after we die what uh what else how are things connected is another common thread. That's probably the biggest common thread is how how are all these different different systems connected. So uh, at first that manifested itself uh, in science actually. Uh, I was really going deep into using the material world, or understanding the material world, as my window into understanding the spiritual world. Uh, I read this book, I think, a while ago, (laughs) when, I don't know, I was maybe like 15, so quite some time ago, that changed my life, Uh, The Holographic Universe by Michael Talbot, I think we'll check on that name, something like that, and this book explained how modern physics basically says the same thing that the mystics say, and by the mystics, I mean things that used to be thought of as pseudoscience, this idea of everything literally at a very fundamental level being interconnected, um, like at a particle level, and that our thoughts and our states of awareness and our consciousness can actually be connected to matter. So this book really changed my life. Uh, I had read a lot of, not, you know, not a ton, and when I say read, it's not like I understood all the things that I read, um, but I like to read things that I don't understand anyway. So I was reading a lot of theoretical physics books. I usually just skip the math and tune back in whenever they talk about metaphors again. And this was the first one that, that really, really made sense to me. Uh, and I just like had this intuitive knowing that like, okay, yes, this makes sense. I get this. This is how it works. And from that viewpoint, that led me into this other study of... I'm still not exactly sure how these, this led to that, but they're related. So then I had this whole other idea that science kept... I saw... It's like I observed science from, like, this outsider mega vantage point because I didn't really understand all the details but like I had enough knowledge like a breath a wide breath of knowledge to see that we were doing the same thing over and over and over again Uh, meaning that science had spent a lot of time investigating these tiny particles and it's like we thought that we could just keep breaking everything apart and breaking everything apart in order to see what was down there. And I had this whole idea that what I wanted to do with my life was instead of breaking it apart and apart and apart, I wanted to investigate what was larger than us. Like, what are the systems that we are within, not the systems that are within us. So, like, a good way to think about this is imagine if, like, the universe is breathing, uh, and in a lot of ways, I think that it, it that is a good metaphor. Breathing in and out, uh, whether that's how you think about the Big Bang and the Big Crunch, or the way that galaxies form and the way that stars. I'm not sure if that's a good analogy for the way the stars form. But anyway, just imagine the the big bang and the big crunch. You can think about the universe breathing in and breathing out. So those kinds of comparisons. And I don't know if that's really how things work or not. But just like going down that train of thought, that is what I wanted to do with my life. Um, at the same time as... I realized that I understood that, well, you know, that's not exactly a field, at least that I knew of, <laughs> or that I could find when I was thinking about what I was going to do for college. So I gravitated a lot more towards biology and neuroscience, almost as like this pathway into understanding what those patterns could be. Uh, I thought that, or this was the theory, that if I could understand the patterns of biology and neuroscience, the smaller patterns, the patterns of life, the patterns that create life. I'm specifically interested in systems, intelligent systems, so if I could understand those at a small scale where science has stuck its nose for quite some time we really have a pretty good understanding of things at in in biology especially that maybe i could use that knowledge to predict or like philosophize what what the larger systems would be and even that seemed slightly impractical, quite honestly. So, turns out, I I ended up in this accelerated medical school program, and I, as you might notice, there's a pattern here where I kept thinking, oh, this is impractical, this is just, I'm gonna have to, like, be a little more practical, and I thought that, you know, I could, like, saying this now actually sounds so ridiculous, honestly, but that's okay. I I was young, so I thought that I could study all this stuff and do this in my free time while being a doctor would be like my job, or ideally I did want to go more into research. Um, I love working with people and talking to people, but I knew that that life inside of like, a medical system or a hospital system, I saw that that could be a problem for me and that I would be better off studying and researching things, knowing, though, that I'd have to, yeah, be, be pretty practical about what I did at my day job, and then I would, like, work on all these things on the side, eventually, someday, write a book, and then retire and ultimately return to my more creative maker side of painting um i was painting throughout a lot of this time and thinking about these things so yeah that's and i'm still working on a lot of the same stuff really uh, all these patterns that i use today uh come from this same quest and so anyway what happened is that i got very sick and had to i guess i i didn't literally have to but anybody else would probably say that i literally had to i just don't like to state things in terms of like losing my sense of choice about anything um so It wasn't really a choice, but I still like to say that it was somewhat a choice. Got really sick, took medical leave, actually came back to school, took another one, and had to deal with a lot of health issues, which I would say woke me up. And when I say woke me up, I don't know if it was some kind of, like, great awakening. It was more of, like, a slow awakening to the realization that this is my literal life. And I don't owe it to anybody to be more practical. And I definitely don't need to wait for any reason to do what I know that I'm here to do until I retire. That's insanity. So I started fully pursuing what it is that I had been doing and was working on in my everyday life and that's that is how I became an artist and I think I will always although I'm not sure what the title means I mean because as you can tell I'm sort of an artist I'm sort of a mad scientist I'm sort of a philosopher, Uh, whether it's good or bad philosophy, it's still kind of the train of thought that I approach my work from, and the reason I like the title Artist is because it allows for me to play with all of those things without being, like, judged or, not that I care about being judged, but being judged from the viewpoint of whatever that field is, because if I were to take this mindset into neuroscience or physics or biology, or even philosophy, maybe they kind of a- they make everything so academic and box it up that they probably wouldn't. I mean, I don't know this for sure, but I'm not sure that they would like such a broad. Um, Perspective on all all these different things. They kind of want it done in their way. So by being an artist, I can do it in whichever way I want to do it, and use whatever kind of medium or tool to communicate these things, which is also hugely important to me. Uh, because a lot of what I found the deeper I've gotten into this is that these things inherently speak outside of words, and that is what I've been exploring. So I want to also let you guys know that I did finish. I completed one of these projects that I'd been working on for like a decade. By finished, I mean finished answering the question for myself. I did not find the answer. Um, I don't think that I work with questions that actually have an answer. Which I just learned that in the last couple years. So I have to create a new kind of measure for when I say that I'm I'm done with this question. And the last question that m- most of my art, the majority of my art, my paintings at least, surrounds is what are what are these like base code visual patterns form patterns of form that reoccur at the microscopic scale and also at the macroscopic scale and yeah i've i uh, feel like i've figured out enough of them and i can what's interesting is now I don't. I'm not consciously thinking about using any of these patterns. They're just like all kind of in my tool bucket, I guess, of my mind. And I successfully, I think, created worlds, uh, worlds meaning paintings where you look into them and you know that there is a world there. There's something that resonates with your subconscious. You, it's familiar. And you can see many different things within the image, but you don't know what scale you're at, and you don't really know where you are. So that's how I measured completion of that project, that I could do that on a pretty consistent basis. Um, And then, of course, as soon as I realized that, I quit. And moved on to a different question. Um, Although all of that still comes up continuously, and I go back to it all the time because, you know, when you get good at, at something or you have control of something as an artist, I think it's super easy to use that as like a crutch. Or just like if you know what's gonna happen, you know that it's going to work out well and you're feeling stuck on a newer project, it's really, yeah, it's easy to just go back and use what you know. Um, But I don't like to do that. So I'm phasing it out or figuring out new ways to use parts of it in my newer work uh, without just like falling back on it. So my newer work is about archetype and myth, and yeah, um, I it it's sort of like the same thing, but creatures have appeared, plants have appeared, so there are these identifiable elements coming into the story that I'm creating here. Uh, but I would like for these creatures and plants to be unidentifiable by by culture or time yeah that's all I know about it so far Um, I'm also doing this new well this relates to me or to this concept somehow is that I've been really exploring the idea of the internet as a conscious entity and doing some more conceptual conceptual stuff with uh, like QR codes and this idea of connecting different connecting different things on the web to a physical structure In the 3d world and playing around with what that means. The most interesting thing about it is that you can have a code that takes you to a web page and this web page can change over time but its physical placement on the object is the same. And somehow this reminds me of like how, how the brain works where it's like you can have a memory or a precognitive knowing of like something that's going to happen and, and it's can be in the same hard drive folder well compare that to it's like physical space or physical location on an object so that's the same but what it means and what it represents the story around that and the words around that can change so that's all I, all I know so far interested in these interconnected systems of communication, and let's see what else I've got here so what inspires me to really do this is that i'm i you know i want to leave a message i want to I've talked a lot about about the the literal work um the mental work that goes in behind these things that I create but there are a lot of other components Uh, all of what I just talked about is kind of like the secret underside I mean it's not a secret but it's not that often that I talk about these things with anybody because it's just a lot to get into but sometimes I do and more what am I saying here so The other components, there's more components, Uh, another huge one is connecting people to all of this, what inspires me is awe, being in complete, just, gratitude, and gratitude for how beautiful and perfect this world, or simulation, or... Dream, whatever you want to call it, this thing that we call life, this thing that we found ourselves in. Um, it's amazing, and I hope that the things that that I create remind people of that very deep sense of of wonder. And encourages them to go out there and ask their own questions. And do their own investigations and explorations into the nature of reality. So that's one, that's the main reason why I use such vibrant, beautiful, intense colors. uh, Is because I want to get people's attention. And... To me that's a part of my job. Uh, I can make the same kinds of creations that I want to make and study these same patterns in a way that's not so beautiful. Uh, And maybe if you talk to some artists, some artists actually have a little bit of a thing I think almost against beauty, like you're using this like it's a cheat in a way. Uh, especially when it comes to the kind of more abstract work that I'm doing, yeah, I think some artists would think that it's a cheat, but to me, I think it's it's important to to stop people um, and cause as much as I can a a shift in awareness and noticing. Uh, but it is a, it's a lot. It's really it's a lot, and sometimes it can be a little bit unsettling, and to me, that just represents the reality of of knowing these things and coming to these understandings, and, you know, if you've ever had any kind of, any kind of um, other state, not not, any, if you've had a kind of Altered, altered states of consciousness, if you've entered any of them anyway, or had a near-death experience, or been in some kind of mind-altering trauma, or been in a float tank, um, anything, you probably understand that at some point during that experience, maybe not anytime you enter a float tank, but if you got into an altered state, breathwork, psychedelics, any of these things, you know that it's kind of scary and beautiful at the same time. And that there is, I think, this ultimate knowing that everything is connected and everything is there for you and everything is almost like speaking to you whether that's literally or just a beautiful viewpoint to view reality from Um, but yeah it's not easy to digest it's not easy to integrate what that means and I think that's a lot of what my paintings represent Um, they're to me i think they're beautiful but they're too much and I, for a long time i was not embracing that they're too much but now now i see it as part of part of the communication that i was intentionally working to to channel across to the viewer And I never create images in a way, like, I never want anything more than to introduce people to opening up their mind. So, there's no certain anything that anybody's supposed to see. I like that they're left open for interpretation. And there's no right or wrong way to see them. And I don't ever want there to be one way to see something that I create because I don't think that that represents reality like reality there's always so many different ways that you can view it uh, like I mentioned earlier you can you can think that we're in a simulation and that this is like a virtual space um, that nothing is real or that our brain is making up the simulation or that our bodies are stored in tanks and we're wearing some kind of headset in another dimension or you could think that this is just a dream and you're gonna wake up and then you'll be back into the real world or one of my favorites is the idea that real normal waking everyday reality is is the dream and that the dream or your states of consciousness, when you're at rest, are actually closer to what's really happening. Um, I also think, another one of my favorites, I, I kind of believe this one. Actually, I do believe it. I might change my mind when I say believe. I mean, it's what I into have been into it for a while, years now, is that I think we are, if you think about life, I think it represents a certain level of awareness and awakening, and then I think that when we die, we go into more of like a sleep-like state in our consciousness, but that then we'll wake up again, um, and that it's just a part of this like bigger cycle of sleep and awake, uh, like metaphorically speaking trying to think how I could spla- explain that a little bit a little bit more but it doesn't really matter maybe I'll talk more about that another time um yeah I also I I don't believe in death which is a very unpopular opinion I've noticed um I know I used to tell people that for a little bit and it started to really freak people out so now I get to say it on my uh weirdo podcast here <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't, it's not like I don't think that it happens, it's that I think the perspective of life versus death, it, it just does not compute in my mind, it makes no sense, um, yeah, I feel like that deserves a whole other episode in of itself, talk about what I actually mean by that, and let's see, more about the art. So my art is my time with myself to ponder all of these things and think about all of these things. And what I'm doing really is constantly reminding myself of these deeper truths about the universe, the same things that I discovered in states of flow and in meditation and being, being like the observer of reality. And that's what I'm reminding myself through the work that I'm making and wanting to remind others of and when I say remind them it's like I want to like open their mind just a little bit to start questioning more and to start thinking about these things and it's not like I want them to get any viewpoint out of out of the art but just to be a little bit more open with themselves. Open with the world. As to what's really going on around here. And the other whole half. Of me in art. Is I also believe that it's my job. To help people. Connect. To their own inner muse. And find their own language. Um, because I do think that my art is my own language and I think that everybody has their own language that they can communicate and work through some of these concepts like within symbols or color or or sound or taste even and all of these states of Emotions and thoughts. Uh, I I think that all people, all humans, should have some kind of creative practice. So I think that everybody is an artist, and I think that if everybody were out there making their art, that the world would be a healthier, wholer, more vibrant, more productive, more sustainable place for humans. A uh, because I think it's how people process things best. And it's also such a deep sense of satisfaction. Being able to have something like that. That I think, I think a big problem in our world today is that people are not... People's inner artist has been stomped on. Or told to be quiet. Or told to... That it's not practical. That... It's not it's not in the capitalist mindset to to be an artist but if you look at it from a bigger perspective I think that our ultimate role as human beings is to reverse entropy which sounds kind of almost like a little bit dark like oh why do we need to just keep making all these things and changing the physical world when this beautiful planet is here for us and has everything that we need like we don't need we don't from a logical standpoint we don't need to do that but the more that I look around and see see what motivates people what gets people up in the morning what what really drives us to live is this idea of molding the world around us. So somehow I think that's encoded in our DNA, which maybe is a message from the past expressing itself and living itself out, um, in our current life right now. Um, I don't know really what that means, but other than innately we, I think, should all be creating. It doesn't have to be objects. Um, It could be words, it could be systems, it could be anything. Um, It could be states of welcoming. like. Just an example of that would be one of the most beautiful things that I think somebody could create is a, a community. A place where people people are welcome and people can express themselves and learn about themselves and be connected. And that's a creation. That's being an artist. Like we're all the artist, the architect, the builder, the the manifester of of things, or we will be at least. Um, I think that people are starting to realize that we as human beings have a lot more power within our imagination than we've been taught by, by our parents, by most of our elders, and especially by, by the school systems. We're not we're not taught how to be empowered and I think that once everybody comes to the realization that you can actually do whatever you want. Uh, all you have to do is know what it is that you want to do and then you can you can literally do it. Uh, and I know that sounds kind of obnoxious to say, but... If you think about it in terms of the essence of the thing, and that's, when I say that, that's what I mean. If, you know, if you want to fly, I, I'm not sure if you can fly, but if you say you want to fly and you get to the essence of, okay, well, what does that flying mean to you? Is it about freedom? Or is it about rushing freelessly through the air? Like, you can have whatever it is that you're looking for in that thing that you want. Even if it's an alternative picture. So, I think that art and creativity is going to be the most important tool that all humans are going to need to connect to and uncover in order to unlock this within themselves and be able to be empowered again. And I think all of this is going to create a new system of truth that we're kind of moving into at the moment, And that my, my job as an artist is to to continue to obviously explore explore the things that fascinate me, um, but also, more importantly, to, to honor. The ability to do that and to honor and respect it. Almost like... I would almost call this honoring of the muse, the art, a spiritual practice or spiritual belief. Even a religion, maybe. Yeah. Maybe my religion is art. And... It's because I think that it will really... I really think it will heal the planet and heal individuals um, at all levels. So it's very important to me. And that's that's pretty much the story. I know that was very abstract and I didn't really get into any of the technical details of like, what do I even do? Uh, I mean, you can check out my website. You can look at my Instagram, you can see what I've got going on around there, even though I tend to not actually publish a lot of the things that I'm working on. Mostly I mostly I track my paintings and share my paintings. There's so many things that I make and I don't even know where they are or if I still have them. Uh, but yeah. So, what's one thing I wish that my younger self knew? I wish that I knew that art was my my career, my soul contract, and my spirituality. I wasn't even aware that any of those things were a choice, uh, because I had this idea of how life worked. And you know, what I needed to do to be the little worker bee in the system of America. I don't know how other countries are, and I didn't even go to a public school, so actually my education was pretty out there in a lot of ways and actually really helped me be open to a lot of these things probably a lot easier. (laughs) than maybe other people so I'm actually I'm very thankful for the education I had and it's not like I can blame any certain there was no there was actually like I didn't even have any person in my life or any real pressing circumstance or reason that these things got into my mind it was almost just like general just general society that that seeped in there and made me think that all humans to be a good human, to be a successful human, you have to be practical. So that's not true, guys. Let's see what else. How do I define success? That's a good question for me to answer. I've been thinking about that one a lot. I change my mind a lot. Uh but I think the ultimate stan- like the ultimate marking for success for me would be to be to be able to do this work with as much creative freedom as possible in a way that's sustainable financially, emotionally and physically. Yeah. and the secondary note from that would be that through this work either the creation of my own art or connecting people to their art would be life-changing in in a positive way for people and that I can do I can do my little part here on the planet and for me it's not the number of people that I affect is not important it's more about the impact that I make on one person's life. So I do view myself a little bit more within my area, my community, my current location that will likely be my permanent location, where I was born. Um, I feel like, I do, I have this view that I, th- I think one of the big problems with society is that people right now tend to be born somewhere and then they leave because there's another city that's cooler. There will always be somewhere that's cooler. Uh, And I think that really is a problem for the infrastructure of the planet. So in my ideal life, I would like to Stay where I'm at, and if my, if, you know, where I live isn't cool enough, then it's, like, my responsibility to make it, make it a better place, make it cooler, instead of up and running to the next place that I think is, and I'm just saying cooler, but it's not really the greatest word, uh, better, however you want to define a better, better group of people, or better better place to walk or better place to get better food or see, see new things, whatever it is. I, yeah, I think it's my, my job here to, to start, start by fixing where I'm at, start by healing that and making it better. And then if I surpass that, then maybe move out of my, my area into the global global stage. Although, what's super weird about that is that because of the internet, in a way, I simultaneously have a role in my little community, but also, or voice in my community as an artist. I also have a voice on, in the globe, global, global community as an artist um, by the internet. So that's interesting, but my point here, I guess, what my point my point is that I'm I'm a hundred percent willing to be a good artist um, as opposed to being the greatest artist, but leave more of of a mark um, on the people around me. So yeah, what I'm saying is that. My actual success in, in art, my art career, is to me just as much about being a teacher or being, being a coach, being whatever it is that people around me need to help them express that inner artist. And it's taken me a long time to realize that and find it. Uh, I think that there was a hundred percent a time when I thought that my, the way that I would define success is having a museum show, like a show in a, you know, contemporary museum. But then the more that I got to see what that meant and where that was going, I realized like, okay, what if I did? Honestly, not that many people care. And not that that's not an, like, if you want to do that like all power to you it just does it's not enough of a motivator for me it it to me what i've seen in the art world at least is that ultimate success within the art world is still success within the art world it's not necessarily success within the world and yes there's nothing at all wrong with that and i'm not even really in the art world because i didn't go to art school, maybe, some people would say, so, yeah, I just, I don't like getting involved with conversations that are only happening within a bubble, and I would rather move my conversation outside of that bubble so it's very important to me to make my my art accessible to any any human um at any given time and that it stands by itself um outside of the gallery but yeah it's also very confusing to to stay motivated and and moving forward sometimes because it can be very confusing so it's really helped me a lot being able to connect with the idea that, I'm, that part of my job as an artist is it, it, broadly I guess to be some kind of an educator not, of, not teaching people how to paint but teaching people how to connect with, with their creativity. So yes, that's, that's what motivates me and inspires me to keep going. When things get difficult, like this year, when all of art was sort of getting closed and canceled and shoved out of the way, that's what I held on to. And I'm really thankful that I discovered that mindset before COVID happened. Before the pandemic happened. Yeah. It's really helped me. And. That's another thing I'll throw in here. Is that I also strive to have as much fun. Making the things that I'm making. Because I think if you make things. From more of a fun playful space. It just. Obviously works out better. And. I don't like to to take any of this too seriously, even though I just went on a giant rant about this very serious, big topics. I never want to attach to them in a way that I've seen a lot of people who get really into philosophy do. And like, I, I never want to, to actually care. Um, so another measure of success for me is how much fun I'm having doing the things that I'm doing and how how out there can i can i get how deep can i get while still having a good time and and knowing that it doesn't have to be so serious so i think on that note i shall end this chat and perhaps maybe the next time i come on here i can talk a little bit about my general life philosophy since it's kind of strange and I'm working on a book okay a mini book uh, I've decided that mini books are the way to go for me so it's kind of like a it's it's more than a zine but it's definitely not a book um, children's books for the adult mind is what I was calling them originally because yeah it's like it's like the size of a children's book. And. Um, yeah. I'm writing one. About some of my. Life philosophy. Not from. I'm writing it to, to myself. Uh, to remind me of these things. And I'm not writing it as. Like a dogmatic thing. But more of like an exploration of. Oh remember this. Idea. And that idea. So I think. I'll, I'll talk about that next time thank you for tuning in and listening to the entirety of me explaining what I do as an artist Uh, I don't feel ready at all for this interview Um, I feel like I'm not sure I'm not sure I'm ready to overwhelm people with too much nerd stuff um, or too many really out there things uh, but I'm gonna do it anyway and we're gonna see how it goes so talk to you guys next week enjoy oh challenge let me give you a challenge All right, challenge for the week is Engage in a new form of art. And that can either be just like dancing in your room, if you don't dance, or s- randomly singing a song, or doing a painting, or drawing. But do something unusual to express yourself. And those are very traditional art forms. So this can also be in the form of approaching something in your life that is very bland and boring in a way or in the mindset of an artist so like if you're vacuuming your room you can do that in the mindset of an artist you can create a pattern in your carpet with your vacuum or you can turn it into a performance so yeah let me know how that goes